0: Welcome to Elixir Wizards, a podcast brought to you by Smart Logic, a custom web and mobile development shop based out of Baltimore, Maryland. My name is Justice Eatman, and I am joined by my co-host, Eric Ostrich, and this is the Between Episode. We're live. I'm also joined by our special guest, Sasha Urich. How are you doing, Sasha? Yeah,
1: fine. Thank you very much. How about you?
0: Doing great. Thank you so much for joining us for our first ever live stream. Coronavirus has got everybody locked down in quarantine. And uh, w- where are you? And
1: tell us about the situation where you are. So I'm in Zagreb, Croatia. Uh, it's, I guess, pretty much the same as in the rest of the world. So we are mostly staying at home, limited movements, shops are open, you know, only until 5 p.m., stuff like that. Yeah, coronavirus. we're doing actually fine. Uh, Our curve is linear and small so far. So that's a good thing. We had like some uh, pretty shitty earthquake uh, two weeks ago. So the city center has uh, suffered significant damage. So that kind of adds to this whole situation. But, you know, we're keeping our spirits high and doing fine so far. Yeah. I was saying that uh, that's probably pretty scary because Croatia is right
0: next to Italy and Italy is getting hit really, really hard, North, Northern Italy, especially. So really glad that you're safe and sound. How are you using your time? You must have some extra time being stuck at home all day, every day for the uh, indefinite future. How are you passing the time?
1: Yeah. So before all of this happened, like, let's say maybe what we we are like in this mode three weeks ago. And uh The week before that it was pretty clear that uh, we're going to enter this social distancing and minimal outside life and uh, you know i was thinking now i'm going to do like a bunch of open source projects and whatnot now i'm going to have so much time and (laughs) it didn't really turn out that way so i guess like for the first two weeks i was just frantically refreshing the news and you know watching the counts and uh, whatnot and so i'm only just kind of getting into i don't want to call it normal but some you know reasonable tempo and I've seen it, you know, many people mention on Twitter, you know, now the uh, bunch of the world is working remotely. This is really not a normal remote or work from home mode, you know, because it's really the situation is crazy. So yeah, anyway, uh, I've been playing a little bit of guitar. Me and my wife have been watching some shows and movies and whatnot. And yeah, that's basically it. And now I'm hoping and I'm finally going to pick up uh, those open source projects I've been working on. Yeah. Speaking of
2: the remote work, I've I've got to ask the... Green screen behind you is that inspired by the by, by zoom Oh, that zoom the, the, meetings?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the real green screen, yeah, I was actually going to stream from my proper working place, but my wife is in some uh, super marathon uh, debugging session with her colleagues, so I just went to this is like our bedroom, and so I just parked myself here. very cool, so I'm curious about this earthquake. I mean, so we've gotten some earthquakes over here in the United States as
0: well in the recent past. The most recent there's locusts in Africa. The other thing that I've heard recently is that we've got some like giant Asian hornets invading the United States. I mean, are these the end times? Yeah, sounds like it's right. It definitely how sounds do you, like it. How do you stay positive? I mean, like, what are you doing to cope with all this? And what do you encourage other people to do? I suppose.
1: Yeah, that, that's kind of hard. Everyone has their own uh, mechanisms, you know, so like I gotta say this isn't the worst thing that i have seen in my life so 30 years ago we had a, a war here in croatia like you know the real stuff with guns and bombs and uh whatnot so uh that was definitely at least uh, at this point it seemed uh it was much more difficult than this uh, this stage here but anyway you know even back then and now i would just say you know do, do some stuff to distract you like you know whether it's watching some brainwash movie or whatnot or Doing some hobby, you know, reading a book, or uh, just doing some programming, coding, or whatever other other stuff that you want to do. You know, I think it just keeps your mind off of things. You know, you don't like frantically refresh the page and watching the disease count and whatnot, and so it kind of keeps you focused. That that's sort of how I try to do it. Yeah,
2: I definitely had the like just scrolling through Twitter for twelve hours a day for the first few weeks, and that was partially like I was on um, paternity leave because we we just had our son, and and like. So, I like had copious amounts of free oh, wow. time and then like this started, it's like, sh-
1: sh- 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 was yeah. my first few weeks. It's like, guys stop well, this. <laughs> Thank
2: congratulations you.
1: Congratulations then. Yeah. Did it happen after we uh, checked yep. last time? Yeah. It was right after or actually
2: at Lone Star, I got a call from my wife at like 4.30 in the morning and she was like, we're having a baby today, get home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, that, that's, that's crazy. Yes, I mean, it's crazy to think that, you know, we we had our talk, we recorded our talk two months ago, uh, less than two months ago, I believe you you probably have the exact date. And the world is yeah. completely different uh, since then. That is a fascinating observation. Actually,
0: the world is completely different. How long do you think it's going to last? I mean, do you think we're going to be here in quarantine till like for three months? Do you think that like we're talking a year to 18 months? Is this just the beginning of, of like us becoming sort of mole people?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I hope, I hope it's not, you know, I have absolutely no clue, I, obviously I'm, not, I'm just like a noob in the area or I have zero uh, knowledge in the area. We are, of course, kind of hoping that it will maybe, well, what's the word, you know, it will reduce until the summer but then not really go away and basically uh, it seems that we're all waiting for some sort of either vaccine or magical cure or something like that so probably uh, a year or so i mean i have like uh, i have some events scheduled for june which i'm like 100 percent certain will not happen i have some events scheduled for uh after the summer and i'm not really sure that it, even those are going to happen well at least not in like real life form you know we're going to see whether people will will be doing some virtual conferencing or whatnot. But yeah, we probably have like uh, some fun times ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And
0: with your work, you've been remote at your company. Is your company full remote? So has this been a pretty easy transition for them or is some of the team
1: new to remote working? So definitely they allowed and even encouraged uh, working from home, but still a bulk of the people were actually going to the office because they wanted to. Now, obviously, everyone is uh, working from home. And yeah, it's been a little bit uh, transition of a transitioning phase, but they are they are doing fine. You know, they're they're working very hard actually, because very big things is working in some uh, well about a lot of projects they've been working on were tele something like tele health, tele medicine, tele education and stuff like that. And now this is becoming more uh, relevant than ever. You know? So actually, there's more work for very big things, which is I mean a good thing, obviously.
0: So that's a great point that I'm curious to follow up on, which is. You know, how has this affected your business? So many people have been economically devastated by this thing. I'm curious. You know, it seems like maybe the software business maybe has been not as impacted as badly as, you know, like the hospitality industry, for example. What's been uh,
1: very big things experience of it? Mm, yeah, Very Big Things is doing so far pretty good. And yeah, we had a meeting. There there are no layoffs. There are no cuts or, or stuff like that. So obviously, we have to see what's going to happen because, you know, no one is isolated in this world. Everything depends on everyone else. So uh, ultimately, if the economy goes down for some, it goes down for everyone, right? But we are definitely, I would say, in a place of privilege, so to speak, you know, that we can actually work, uh, our do our job, you know, from home, you know, from the comfort of our home and whatnot, and uh, make some decent money of it. I've seen uh, all over the Twitter, and it's definitely worrying that even people in our industry are, uh, you know, getting uh, laid off. So, I mean, I guess I, I have no clue, but I, I wonder what it is for people who have been working for in the hospitality industry, like Airbnb, for example. So it's definitely worrying. But I guess you got to solve one problem at a time, right? So we got to survive this thing first. Then we're going to think about the economy, you know, <laughs> because if we're all dead, then there's no economy anyway.
0: You're right on about that. Yeah. And uh, we were hoping to Well, so I guess I'll ask you, since we were just talking about work from home, like you've worked from home for a long time. You've worked remotely for a long time. Tell us about how you started working from home and like the most important things that you've learned working from home, things that might be useful to people who are new to it in the recent weeks.
1: Yeah, so I started working six years ago when I basically switched from an in office job to a company uh, from Germany. So it was for the first month or so, it was uh, kind of strange for me because, you know, there was no one else around and kind of, you know, I felt isolated. But after that, you know, I kind of gotten used to it and now I I can't see myself really going to the office anymore. So yeah, there are, you know, basic tricks. You got to still follow your routine. That's what everyone says. So you you basically get out of bed early in the morning i get out like 6 a.m or something like that me and my wife we have a, a make some nice breakfast you know and then everyone goes to their table <laughs> yeah i try to then you know try to work as much as i can so i can have free time after uh, say 5 or 6 p.m or something like that maybe in between i will have a short power nap uh, back when things were working uh, after lunch i will go out there's like a small coffee shop uh, here and go out and grab some coffee you know just to be between real people uh for a change one cool thing that we did at aircloak and uh, this is something i can recommend is we had a uh, random coffee chats you know like five minutes chats remote chats so you would have like on slack the bot which pairs the random two people and then you're supposed to have a five at least five minutes technic- non-technical discussion you know and that was pretty cool because i was working with a team for i think uh almost a year before we actually got to hang out. So yeah, and I still felt that I knew them already, you know, because of all these uh, daily chats. So this is one cool thing. And you know, as many people say, don't work in your pajamas and stuff like that kind of keeps you in the, you know, momentum. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm wearing my marathon shirt because I wanted to remind everyone
0: this is a marathon, not a sprint. It's also just the ugliest shirt of all time. So we've got one more question for you, Sasha, before we let you go. This is actually from the audience. Todd is asking, what do you think the future is for online meetups and conferences? Do you think that they will stick around once this thing is over?
1: Yeah, that's really hard to say. I mean, definitely things will uh, become more virtual and maybe they will get more exposure. I think it's pretty cool to have those online events because it gives a more opportunity both to speakers and to attendees right on the other hand you know it's kind of hard to reserve time for a virtual thing you know when you're like in there at the event then there's nothing else to do but to actually watch talks and uh, socialize with people so i'm hoping that we're going to have both you know more in more in bigger quantities but yeah it's kind of hard to tell what exactly will happen you know speaking on that note like a week ago we were watching a live virtual concert so that was pretty cool you know just like you have people coming in the stream, there was like a postmodern jukebox, this band. I don't know if you heard of them. There are a bunch of people are playing in there and, you know, just each singer or a performer would join from their own room and then they would do like three, uh, three songs and then there would be another singer. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. So it was actually fun. You know, I I could see myself uh, watching this even when everything, you know, goes back to normal, so to speak
2: all right and one final thing before we swap off And looks like justice is muted but do you have anything that you want to plug before we send you off
1: okay so now that i have the chance i'm gonna plug my book and manning so manning is giving away or not giving away i mean having a promotion so all the ebooks are i think 50 percent off and printed books are at 35 percent off until may the 30th so just go to manning.com and you know add whatever you want so I recommend Elixir in Action, but they actually have some a lot of other great books. So yeah, that's one thing that you can you know uh, you can keep yourself busy during uh, this lockdown period. And yeah, otherwise you may want to check out some of my open source work. Uh, I've been doing this uh, on this library, working on this library called Boundary. So check that one out. It's I think an interesting experiment or a project where I'm trying to. Kind of bring uh, some properties of uh, umbrella applications into standard uh, standard projects, so you can have like a regular mixed project, and you can define who is allowed to call uh, someone else. You know, so it basically allows you to organize to give more order into your projects. And I believe that it's a very interesting thing that could prove to be very useful. Awesome, Sasha Yurich, everybody. Okay, thank you for having me, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna look forward to the rest of your guests. Bruce and Maggie Tate,
0: everybody. Welcome to the show. How are you doing in these strange times?
3: I'll let you start that one, Maggie.
4: Uh, okay, I feel like I cry once every day.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Pretty good otherwise. Yeah,
4: kind of, but you know, we get out, we kayak, we bike, we walk, have to get the dog out.
3: Probably the coolest thing that's happened was we were out on our kayak, um, so we're on the river uh, right outside here, and we saw this epic sky battle between a heron. Yeah and an osprey, which was kind of cool. You know, Then we had to go by where the osprey was, and Maggie was looking up, and she was swinging her
0: paddle around. (laughs) It was pretty interesting. So are you all on the water over there or near it? Yeah, yeah, we're on
3: a a river walk, so it's a bunch of miles of trails, which should be great, but they're closed. They're
4: closed right now, yeah.
0: (laughs) Wow, wow. Yeah, I am also on the water, but it is a completely undeveloped stretch of water, so I'm basically just looking at it like jungle and bay and it's pretty it's pretty nice
4: sounds beautiful
0: yeah yeah the nature i think this is a a therapy tip for everybody which is just get out in nature it makes everything way way better if you're able to get out in nature highly recommend it yeah so that's kind of what we're talking about today is you know like coping strategies work from home tips we're trying to be encouraging here Uh, i'm sure y'all have been working from home for how long now Uh, a lot
3: Yeah, a long time. Uh, gosh, I can't remember the, the last time that I went into the office every day. Gosh, 20 years ago, maybe something like that.
0: So then you probably have some advice for people who are just getting started in the last few weeks. Anything immediately come to mind is especially important.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of things. So one of the things that Grozio is really about is the idea that as a society, we are asking more and more of our digital workers. And, and so we're kind of getting carpal tunnel of the brain, if that makes any sense, that um, that we basically ramp people up until they get really good at what they're doing, and then basically get more and more productivity out of them. And our brains aren't built to work that way. So we think it's really important to basically take your regular breaks and do things like that, but also Take a mental break to work on technical problems that are difficult and different from what you're used to. To basically get back into the learner's mind, it was really interesting. So, Justice, I know you were emceeing at Lone Star, Lone Star lecture <laughs> there, and the Thomases really kind of crystallized our marketing message. You know, we had Zach Thomas, uh, Dave's son, and and you know Dave's talk, talk was okay too. He talked about the Dreyfus learning model, where we want to knock ourselves down to beginner and then, you know, advance to an expert. And Dave believes, and I agree, that that's kind of the most critical skill. So, you know, we don't care if it's Croxia or anything anything else, but we think that working problems outside of your everyday, you know, job is really important. I mean, whether it's a Sudoku or some kind of a puzzle or, you know, I like learning languages. We're kind of partial to that. Any of that stuff works. And we tell our mentees a lot of the same. How about you, Megan?
4: I find it's really important to sign off, right? That there should be a clear start to the day and a clear end to the day so that it just doesn't drag on and on and on into the evening hours. But I actually bought myself a Kindle. Well, I know, me too. So I bought myself a Kindle because I couldn't put my phone down, right? So I'm checking Twitter. I'm checking email. and I was like, since I don't have the self-discipline to not... I think I just need a different device in my hand. <laughs> so I put my phone away at about 10. It's a little late, but you know, and then I pick up the Kindle and I don't look at anything else again until about 7.30 in the morning. So.
0: Uh, I, feel, I feel seen. You're, you're <laughs> speaking directly directly to me. So I wanted to get a little bit specific here about the, the skill, the, the sort of knocking yourself down to the beginner level. This is such a great time for that, not necessarily just in our professional development, but in our personal development. what are you guys working on any new hobbies like that? so at Gracia,
3: we're we're kind of working through um, elixir we just finished with a, with prolog and before that it was a language called pony um, and i think all of those are great languages to kind of teach people interesting things and one of the things that we tried to do with elixir since a lot of our our users kind of come from there that's there are people right we're trying to stay in places that where elixir Developers have blind spots, things things like processes, native process abstractions and streams and macros and um, sigils and all, all these little t- tips that people really kind of need. So in the Elixir space, that's a great good one. In Prologue, build a uh, maze, navigate a maze. Gosh, I think that those are great ones. What about new new recipes? Maggie, what yeah, are some I'm, of
4: those? I'm cooking, so right now I've got some curry pockets that I've started to cook upstairs. It's got some potato and chickpea and curry paste and coconut stuff. So I'll make some pie crust and wrap those up and bake them. And I'm going to make some naan later today. So I'm getting a workout in the kitchen, and I kind of wish there was some nerves project that could lock my pantry door. Anybody out there?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: We're COVID nineteen, you know. I'll tell you. Those sound amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The Um. Indian half of me is um, 100% on board for Indian recipes and food in general. I've been talking to Eric about my bulgogi obsession, which is the the current like only thing I'm eating while I work on that recipe. What else do we have here? We've got so much to talk about. So first of all, I have been actually following along with Programmer Passport. It's awesome seeing it come out. You know, Bruce, I told you I'm doing some writing on Elixir right now. And so uh, you've been just a tremendous source of like inspiration. I was reading your, uh, this isn't from Graxio, but your designing Elixir systems with OTP book. It's so beautifully written. Really, really, really helpful. How far along are you in Elixir or Graxio? I think you've got maybe three or four modules at this point. Is that right for yeah, Elixir? Absolutely
3: basically this this particular release this language is going to have eight different chapters with it so we're about to release five and six of those and then seven and eight so so this these two will be key value you know whether it's you know keywords or maps or structs and then also we're getting into processes we don't get to otp until the next language we're kind of treating that as a language because it's it's not a language, but it really is its own paradigm. It has its own kind of patterns and things like that. So I mean, rather than, you know, we, we just wrote the book. So rather than write a lot for that, we'll write some, we'll write some, some chapters for it, but kind of take a tack that Designing Elixir Systems didn't. But we will focus that on video and basically applying the patterns in that book to a lot of different pieces. So it ought to be a lot of fun. And for your followers that have not yet jumped on Programming Passport, the nin- ninja move is to get either the monthly or the yearly subscriptions because the language itself, this is our first one that after after we pass, you know, the subscription enrollment period, you know, monthly right now it's 15 bucks and yearly, it's a little bit less than that. Um, and you get to keep it forever. So it's definitely the way to buy it.
2: Also, we have a, a question from the audience. Where's your dog?
4: Oh, on the not.
3: floor. <laughs> Yeah, let's see if we can. Yeah, yeah, right there. Not a bit. You know, it's funny when I wrote. I wrote for Manning, and and by the way, uh, Sasha's book is definitely the best Manning book, Elixir book ever written. You now, might be the best Elixir book ever written. It's my favorite, and probably James's too. But when I wrote for Manning the first time, the first thing that I tried to do is open learning channels and kind of talk about things that are not technology. And my uh, developmental uh, editor, hi, Marian, um he, he kind of hated it, <laughs> he fought me tooth and nail, but, uh, but we came to an understanding. So the dog on the floor is, is our attempt to kind of bring some of our personality and you know, our sense of place and home to the recordings.
4: With, what's is funny true. is that if she doesn't make it in when Bruce is doing some of the recordings, I find her outside the door laying down, <laughs> wishing she was inside the room. <laughs>
3: And if my headphones are off, she will knock on the door. She will go tap tap, not <laughs> scratching, just kind of tap tap, and just politely. Yeah, yeah,
4: That's
0: amazing. Yeah. Wow, dogs are we are we don't deserve them.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. To go back a bit, Todd also brought up um, if you need someone to do nerves for uh, locking your your pantry, <laughs> maybe we you can uh, get John Carstens
3: uh, to sign <laughs> up for that. The <laughs> Royal Bank of John John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maggie just edited that. talk. I did. It
4: was a great talk. We just released it this week.
0: Yeah, that was, yeah, that was fun to watch. So we want to give you the final word chance to plug anything you want, any shameless self-promotion. I am a huge fan of the programmer passport. Like I said, I've been referring to that as I've been sort of developing my own writing on Elixir and also your other books, Bruce, Uh, anything else that you want to talk about or share with the audience or encourage the audience to do?
3: Yeah, there are a lot of things happening right now. So the main ones are Programmer Passports happening. Of course, the, the book with, with James. I mean, that's the, one of the best writing experiences of my life with seven languages. Just because James is such a brilliant person and working with him where I could focus on the language and he could focus on the message was just tremendous. But probably the main things are we are really dependent on our conferences. And, and so if we need to, we will take Gig City Elixir online this year. It's definitely happening. It's October the 23rd and 24th. We already have a lanyard sponsor. So thanks to Get Through. Get through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really excited to have them on board. And at the same time, Lone Star Elixir is definitely happening. We have Programmer Passport. And also, we are really excited to be offering um, at our conference training prices, very small team courses. Um, and this is only through coronavirus because it's it's really not cost effective for us. But we have our live view class that's, it's two and a half days. It's April 29th through May 1st. And it works out to about 400 bucks a day, which is what conference prices are. And the class goes on for two and a half days. So um, if you want to join us, we'd love to have you come to, come to grox.io to sign up.
0: All right, Bruce and Maggie Tate, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the between Episode. Hello, James. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Well, I'm so glad to finally meet you. Thank you for coming on the show.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for inviting me.
0: How are you? First of all, where are you calling us from?
5: I'm in Oklahoma, so right about in the middle of the U.S.
0: Perfect. Well, that means you are far away from the worst of this crisis that we are experiencing. How are you holding up during this time?
5: Good. I actually really enjoy watching you ask everyone that because when Sasha was like, oh, I had all these grand plans. And then for two weeks, I just read the news. I was like, oh man, it's not just me. Great.
0: Yeah. Personally, this week was like the first time I kind of got over the the crisis mentality and was able to sort of be like, okay, you know what? This is just life. Life goes on and I've got work to do. So I'm over it. It's done for me. How about you? Are you kind of beyond the crisis mentality?
5: Yeah, I think so. In the first two weeks, the one good thing was I was working on a really, really hard thing at work. And so I was just neck deep in that and yeah. trying to get through it. So I did have the distraction of work, which is pretty good. But in the off hours, I was definitely just, oh, my gosh, reading everything. And and now I'm starting to feel like you. I'm like, OK, this is this will pass, you know, and now I'm getting around to uh, doing some other things, which feels really
2: good. Yeah, a lot.
0: Good. Yeah. I mean, sometimes really, really hard things are good.
2: Yeah. Last night was the first time I like programmed on a side project in like a month and a half. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it was, it's uh, yeah, definitely good to, to like get
0: back to normal as much as you can. Agreed. So we were just talking to Bruce and Maggie Tate and I kind of want to linger on a subject that came up because, you know, Bruce and Maggie Tate, they run Graxio, which is an educational platform for learning programming languages. And so the audience in the Twitch stream were suggesting languages. And I think the most interesting language to come up is COBOL. Because (laughs) did you see that article that came out that said, you know, all the states are looking for COBOL programmers to update their HR and unemployment systems?
5: Yeah, I saw that. Actually, a couple of friends of mine were texting it to me and they're like, we were talking about it. Yeah.
0: I mean, what's your, your take there?
5: I would say it proves that COBOL has really lasted, right? I can't believe how how well it's done over time. I don't know. You know, it's, it's really cool. I think a lot of people talk about, oh, it should be updated and, and built into new things, which is probably true because it's just been not because there's anything wrong with COBOL, because it's been enough time that you could probably learn from the changes that have happened in the world since then. Right. And build more modern and on target things would be my guess. But yeah, it doesn't really inspire me to run out and want to write a lot of COBOL or anything.
0: Oh, so cause that's what I was kind of wondering is like, is anyone going like, are any developers out there like, Oh snap, this is an opportunity. I'm going to go learn COBOL and, and work on COBOL. Like,
5: I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Like maybe if you need a job, you know.
0: I won't make any jokes about that. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at your site, Graysoft. Talk a little bit about how your experience because a lot of the, your your material here is about Ruby. I'm curious about your experience coming to Elixir.
5: Oh, yeah. Jeez. Coming to Elixir. That is, I was in Ruby forever and ever. I still use Ruby every day and I love Ruby. But I, you know, I think Joe Armstrong published his book, Programming Erlang, and I tried it and it just didn't take. I mean, I played with it for a while and tried it around, but it didn't really take. And I was on this job where a a friend of mine uh, that I worked with, Nathan Long, was telling me, you know the problem is we're trying to do this in Ruby and this is really an Elixir problem. And I'm like, whatever. And I was ignoring him. And then later I ended up finally sitting down and learning some Elixir and learned that Nathan was exactly right, that it was an Elixir problem. And and needing to do several things concurrently, of course, and know when things start and stop and finish and stuff like that. So yeah, after that, we started using Elixir on a couple of sites and I really loved the way it let me write web apps, but stay stateful. Like not have to forget everything every time and do 30 queries to remember where I was and stuff like that. So that's what kind of hooked me.
0: So how long ago was that? How long have you been, are you primarily Elixir? You said you write Ruby every day. So I'm curious like what the split is.
5: Yeah, I, well, I work at a company where we have, we have a big Rails monolith, and then we have several services on the side, all written in Elixir. So I use both about equally right now, I would say. But then if I program for fun, I generally do it in Elixir.
0: Rock and roll. Are you a, an experienced work-from-home person? or is this your, Yeah. Yeah?
5: Yeah, I've worked for home for coming around on 20 years now. So this is not new to me. My day-to-day hasn't changed that much, except my wife and kid are here more often.
0: How is, do you have any tips for people who are either new to working from home or new to having their families while they're working from
5: home? Yeah, so, you know, other people have covered the, the work from home tips well. So I'll take a different angle to it. Sure. If you have young kids, you're dealing with this new thing called homeschooling, Yes, which of course isn't new. People know how to do it very well. But I've had a little fun with that as far as working with my daughter and like working on her math and stuff. I've kind of taken a different approach and I sat down with her and we're learning to ray trace together. Yes, Isn't that great? Yes. Yeah. Ray tracing is so much fun. It teaches you math. It's great. And I'm a total jerk. I could have just given her Blender or something. And instead I grabbed Pavray, which if you don't know, is a command line ray tracer that you write scenes in the scene description language. It's literally a programming language that you write these scenes in and then you feed it to this command line program and it renders a picture but it's awesome because you can use like four loops and things like that, you know, to build scenes. It's amazing. We're having a blast.
0: POV Ray.
5: Yeah. POV Ray. It stands for Persistence of Vision Ray Tracer.
2: There's also a, a pretty great talk of someone doing from uh, Lone Star. Someone did a, a ray tracing. Yeah, and I
5: know. <laughs> Everybody keeps telling me I gotta see that talk. I don't think it's online yet. I missed Lone Star because I really wanted to come down. It's in my backyard, and I almost always go down when they're in Texas. but my daughter had a Odyssey of the Mind competition at like six forty five the next morning. It was like I'm not driving back all night and then getting up at like five you know so
0: that talk was one of the best It was Jason Stewart. It was one of the best conference talks I've ever seen, one of the best educational experience like it's just one of the best explanations of a complex subject i've ever seen it was like ted talk quality absolutely outrageously good super duper looking forward to that coming out it'll be the next one that's coming out oh um, cool. says maggie
2: um but yeah so you also wanted to talk about the general solution versus the specifics oh so uh, yeah
6: right no yeah, yeah, this that is your
5: um you know you're talking about season four it's going to be like serve service and application architecture right or something like that i was reading that post from Jose about the authentication PR that he made for Phoenix. Uh, How do you add authentication to your app? And he hits on something great in there, which I think we don't talk about enough, and I would love to hear an episode about, which is, you know, we always say things like, newer programmer might say, oh, I'm going to write my own background processing, whatever, for this app. And then a lot of times more experienced programmers say, Careful there, you know, here be dragons. You have to think of this and, this and this and this and this and this and this and this, right? Lots of things. And I think the the trick there is that we're talking about two different things. Like the specific solution that meets your app, or the general solution that is like the background processing library for any application right and the general solution does have to worry about all those things but in the specific solution for just your app you know what you need and what axes you can afford to ignore and you can do simpler things that way right
0: so this doesn't sound so much like a like a heuristic like always opt for this one or the other it sounds more like a framework for thinking about whether or not to adopt like a library into your application
5: yeah i think that's totally right like obviously there are times when you want to make the trade-off right like i don't think very many of us think oh i'll roll my own web server and http parser or anything like that we grab rails we grab phoenix right and there's totally times when you should make that trade-off like um Security library, you know, if you're uh, doing hashing passwords and stuff like that, don't write that yourself because it's dangerous, right? You could make a lot of mistakes or things. But a lot of times, you know, I think we too quickly grab the general solution and then accept the massive amount of complexity that comes with it when our specific need could be more easily addressed, right?
0: Well, you are definitely speaking to something that I think about a lot and care a lot about. And I'd love to have you back on in season four to talk more about application and system architecture. Before we let you go, do you have any final plugs or asks for the
5: audience? I do have a plug and I'm going to switch and plug Eric's thing, x Venture. It's amazing. I hear people, I've known it existed for a long time, but I've actually just gotten gotten into reading it. And I hear people on Elixir forum say, we need like some big, full Phoenix apps that we can look at and see how they work. We need to see how to do uh, web admin stuff, admin interfaces. We need to see how a real OTP app works. All of these things exist, and it's in one repo called Xventure. It's super cool. If you want good starting points for just reading it. Jump into like the game room class. If you've ever played with a MUD, this is like things you know from a MUD, like pickup, drop off, but it's an OTP gen server. These are like call actions on the gen server. It's amazing. Or look at the command system, which uses a very simple macro to parse the incoming commands. It's really well done. I'm having a total blast reading this code.
2: Well, thanks for that plug.
5: (laughs) Yeah, it's great.
0: And thank you for joining us on the Between episode, James Edward Gray, everybody.
5: Absolutely. Thanks, Justice.
0: The plug, I guess, for that artist. His name is Jesse Link. He is in Pike's Place Market. His studio is there. Uh, He does all this great, surreal, sort of street art-inspired art that always has animals involved. And this one I particularly like just because of the symbolism of you know, like basically man was a monkey before he ate the apple type of thing. And I thought that, that was really deep. And I and I, buy, I always buy art when I'm traveling, but it's always for my mom because she's got a house and like I move around a lot. But this time I was like, oh, that's for me. This one's for me. So everybody, we're joined by the freezes, Jim Freeze and Chris Freeze. So excited to have you both on. Jim is the organizer of ElixirConf One of the I hope this is not offensive, but you're like one of the elder states people of the industry. Like, you're like the Benjamin Franklin of the Elixir world. So we're super glad to have Jim on and your son, Chris Freeze, who's at all the conferences. And as recently, I guess in the last several months, started a job, a new job. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it. Maybe we don't have to, but we're super Oh yeah,
6: I can talk about it.
0: Well, so yeah, tell us about your new gig, Chris.
6: Yeah, so I was hired at uh, PepsiCo e-commerce. I've been there for about a month now. And it must be going so, well if you're here. <laughs> well, I mean... This is just casual, you know, so I'm not going to be talking about anything that we're doing at PepsiCo e-commerce, but I I can at least say that I work there. Awesome. And where are you
0: both
7: calling us from? You you look like you're in different places. I'm in uh, Prosper, Texas, up the Dallas area.
6: And I'm still in Austin. Prosper, Texas.
0: Does Texas do this on purpose? They just have all the best names of towns and stuff (laughs) like that? Is that a thing? That's a good good
7: town name, right? Going to Prosper here?
6: Texas
0: and the other good ones
2: are in uh, Pennsylvania. (laughs)
6: <laughs> texas likes to steal names from uh, european countries we've got uh paris texas and also i always see italy texas driving from dallas austin italy yeah. texas. In-
2: indiana has
6: italy, peru
2: texas. indiana there's like uh that's the only one that pops into my mind but there's definitely indiana does the same so it seems like a midwest southern i guess thing to do
0: <laughs> so we've been trying to be encouraging to people during this time i think there's just a lot of like stress in general so we're trying to bring people the good news right how are you guys making good use of the time have you picked up any new hobbies
7: in in this weird sort of stay-at-home environment i would say for us this seems like this is just business as usual (laughs) because i work from home anyway so
6: yeah i've been working remotely for pretty much the last like four years But I will say this, the gyms being closed has kind of put a wrench on a lot of my normal daily routines. And what about like the generalized psychic angst that hasn't like impacted you guys? You
0: haven't had like to deal with that at all.
7: So my my daughter and son-in-law are with us now. They, They were going to college and they shut down classes and they closed graduation. So they said there's no need to live, you know, in college town. So they moved in with us. And so it's kinda of fun. We you know, we um do walks in the afternoon and cook dinner and have good family conversation. I'd say I've been doing walks every morning too, so because I 'cause I can't go to the gym either. But it's kinda of nice. I'm in mean, meet my neighbors. I mean it's like the first day that yeah. shut down. It's like, Oh, everybody's here, I've never seen them before.
2: <laughs> I can also confirm that our neighborhood has approximately like four to five times the amount of walkers than normal.
7: <laughs> oh yeah. So, well, today is day 25 of the shutdown, right? So, you know, 365 days a year. It's only 25 days. Come on.
0: Yeah, walks are so hot right now. I've seen more people walking <laughs> than ever before. I've seen, Eric said this, he's like, a, saw someone walking that looked like they had never went for a walk in their life or something like that. I was trying to picture what it would look like for someone to be like an like unaccustomed, I guess, to taking a walk.
7: That's, what, what about? It's a good mental health thing, right? Put on some uh, headphones or something and listen to a good podcast or something.
0: And also all the families walking together. It's really, really sweet to see. So, so you guys are both, you know, inveterate work from home workers from home. I'm curious, everyone's been giving feed, like, you know, tips and tricks, that kind of thing. We hear a lot of the same things, which I think is actually good because it reinforces it. I'm curious, what are your, like, must do, must have, like, items, tips, tasks uh, for working from home?
6: I'm probably not the best person to ask because I imagine that a lot of the tips and tricks that a lot of people use, I just don't use at all. My uh, main thing from working from home is uh, that mini fridge right there. That's pretty much all I need. And I'm just like, good to go. What do you keep in it? Right now I've got a lot of uh, Mountain
7: Dew Zero. That's, <laughs> that's a programmer. Mountain Dew. What about you, Jim? Yeah. I'm probably optimizing my energy. and did a lot of that. So I've been in, I don't know, the, the um it's it's nice to not have feel like oh you got to get something done in a certain amount of time right if, if you're because i consider programming more like uh, an olympic sport and instead of a you know an hourly wage job it's like if you're tired i mean you can't if you can't think you can't think right it doesn't do you any good to, if you if you're sleepy or tired to try to code and solve a problem so but basically maximizing my energy it's definitely inefficient I mean, it's well, the, crazy, right? I mean, it's like like I was I was working on this problem last night. I was up till two a.m., and then I'm up like at you know eight a.m. this morning, back on solving the problem. It's like, hey, this is cool. I've never done this before. Uh,
0: I love this because Maggie, who was just on like a few guests back, she said you got to have a start time and a stop time. And I was like, yeah, my start time is when I wake up, and my stop time is when I drop dead. <laughs> what do you mean? That's a good way to Definitely put it. Definitely much healthier. To be like, okay, every day at 6 o'clock, screen, like, you know, I'm done. No, I just,
7: you know. I know people that do that. I can't turn it off like that. Maybe I'm too OCD. Yeah, and also sometimes there are
0: just needs. Like, you know, uh, we have a client. We're just, like, tearing out their whole whole search and replacing their whole search. And they needed it done by, like, today. And I was like, I have to get this done. So I'm just going to stay up until it's done. And it's done. And here I am. So, yeah, we want to uh, give you guys, like, you know, the chance to sort of, Jim, you've got ElixirConf. I'm really curious, like, what's your outlook on this year for ElixirConf? Uh, this is like a great time to sort of get out in front of it for the Elixir people. I'm curious, what what how are you thinking about it?
7: Oh, that's a tough question right now. You can also dodge it. I really want to have the conference, but, you know, the Gaylord's closed down right now. Yeah, so I, it's hard for me to sell tickets when when the venues shut down, and then we don't know what protocols we're going to have when it opens up. Right? Mm-hmm. Are we going to have to be farther apart and have less density? Uh, I mean, I've got I've got several sponsors already lined up, and um, PepsiCo is a sponsor, um, the Real Reels a sponsor, and DM Simple is a sponsor. But I really don't want to return money, right? So I don't want to collect it. Right, but but I will if I have to. So right now we're not going forward with our current contract because it's I don't think it's valid anymore. You know, especially with the hotel being closed. So we're but the hotel's not even talking to us because if your event event is not two months out, I mean they're they're, they've got to they got to shuffle everybody they have right. So it's a challenging times right now, very challenging. So I'm I'm hoping for the best, and we're we hope to have a conversation with them at the end of April, and and uh, you you can see on the Elixir radar that we, we continue, you know, we're we planning on it, but you won't know for sure until the tickets go on sale. If the tickets go on sale, it's gonna happen.
2: So Todd has asked, will you do ElixirConf 2021 in Aurora if it doesn't happen this year?
7: So that's a possibility, right? To move, that's what they're doing with a lot of things is they're extending it. So our option would be either just cancel it, just claim force majeure and so we're not going back. I got another location I'm already looking at for 2021, but I haven't signed because they're shut down too. And so, the, yeah, that's in about yeah two days ago. We, we just created Elixir Conf V. So we're actually going to start running some virtual conferences. Chris, are you helping out with that? As much as I can.
2: Is there a website for ElixirConf V that we can uh, send people to
8: yet?
7: Not yet. So we'll be selling tickets through... Probably ElixirConf and ElixirConf You for, for starters. But yeah, I guess I better go buy that b- domain name, huh? mm-hmm.
0: uh, Yeah, really great in the yeah.
2: you <laughs> You've got about five minutes before someone has it. <laughs>
0: So we're running out of time here. I want to give you all the last word, Jim. I just want to let you know we are rooting for you here and if keep us appraised and if there's anything that we can do to support you, uh, the Elixir community definitely stands behind ElixirConf. It's been great to us and we'd love to be great back to you. Do you have any final plugs, asks
7: for for the audience? We've just created a website called tessacarlot.com and it's basically for users to, um, sell their and buy their teslas uh, you know person to person and person to dealership it'll be feature complete today we'll probably launch it on uh monday or early next week
0: oh my gosh this is awesome i had ordered a model three and coronavirus hit like a couple days before it was delivered and so i was like never mind (laughs) <laughs> I'll take the $100, I'll eat the $100 application fee and save the $60,000. Okay. And what about you, Chris? Any final uh, app plugs? Ask for the audience. By the way, Chris, we'd love to have you on in season four, if you'll be back on for to talk about Absolutely. system architecture and uh, application architecture.
6: Yeah, I'd love to be back on. Might have to confirm some things first, but yeah, definitely want to talk to you about that. Just uh, support ElixirConf for Tesla Carla and PepsiCo Ecom is hiring Elixir and react developers. So, apply. Apply
0: Pepsi. They've got lots of uh really great people over there. I love David Enter R-
6: Romanian. I hope that's yeah, yeah, David Enterman or, or i you know, I probably got his name wrong too. Sorry, David. He's a great guy. He's going cool. to have him on the show. Shout out David. Hope you're doing well. All right, the
0: freezes. Thank you so much for being on. We want to do this again with you real soon and uh stay safe out there in coronavirus land. Thank you. We were just talking about potential demise of interpersonal touch in our civilization. Dan and Beard says it's easy to measure the pros of stopping touching people. I imagine it's much harder to measure the detriment to society you might incur from removing human touch. Wise words from the audience, in my opinion. What do you guys think? Do you think that a year from now, no one will be shaking hands or giving each other hugs and we'll just be like a bunch of atomistic automatons walking around wearing masks and hiding from the world?
8: I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, <like, laughs> be like me and Lone Star walking around. I was I was touching elbows with everybody because I was sick and didn't want to spread it. Really go
0: I remember you yeah. were doing that. And the thing is we knew about this at that point. Like I remember like kind of thinking like, you know, this might be one of the last things that we do together for a while. I'm really glad that we did it. It was yeah. just such a
2: flight. When I flew, I wore a mask while flying just because we were about to have a kid and did have a kid <laughs> during Lone Star, so that was the. So I guess I, I also appreciate the elbow bumps, uh, Amos.
0: <laughs> Frank, how are you hanging in right now? Are you are you picking up any new hobbies or finding any um,
8: new mechanisms? I wish I could say I've been doing anything. Not work wise, it seems like work has picked up at the moment. And mm-hmm. certainly families at home, it's been keeping me busy. Mm-hmm.
0: Any tips for working from home with family around?
8: So you're asking the person who works from a windowless office in a basement. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not quite sure my tips are applied to a lot of... I am, uh, I'm also in, the, in a windowless <laughs> office in the basement. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so, then you understand how nice it can be to just totally be isolated from the rest of the world. It's just always this bright. (laughs) Yes, always this bright morning, night. It's it's pretty much, uh, I guess, work-wise, it hasn't switched too much from my normal state since I work from home down here. But certainly, the ability to escape and, you know, take a break. I mean, I should say I feel grateful that uh, my family's all healthy. So, those things come first. But it, it definitely is a switch for now. It's a little bit stressful times too. Sure, sure.
0: So work's picking up for you. Work has kind of been picking up for us too. How do you deal with it? Like when so many people are struggling out there and, and especially like, this seems like a Matthew principle type of thing where like, you know, from whom those who have nothing, everything will be taken away. Those who have everything more will be given. That's kind of how it feels to me right now. How, are, you, are you struggling with that at all? Or have you thought about it?
8: A little bit. Yeah, I'd also point out there's a lot of stress. I mean, mm-hmm. people are on the edge. There are a lot of other... Things going on in people's lives that, you know, we just have to work around at the moment. It's just putting up a lot more stress than the work that, you know, those of us uh, who are in a position to kind of help out with that need to need to take a little bit extra time. Mm-hmm. So I'm not completely sure it's like the extra work, but more like just there's so much stuff going on and different things that we just have to accommodate right now that, you know, that's been keeping me a little bit busier. Right now I'm working on getting some stuff uh Published at a fact or built at a factory, which has been, you know, kind of interesting logistically, so.
2: Is that the smart rent devices or those? Oh, yeah,
8: yeah. So, yeah, we're getting them made in the US, but, you know, things are shut down and a lot, so trying to figure out how to make things move forward, at least in some sense that's safe for everyone, um, is uh, is tricky. Well,
0: listen, we got a little bit of a late start here. I want to give you the chance to have a a final word, any shameless self-promotion, plugging, anything you want to plug. I also want to ask you if you do me a a favor and shame Justin Schneck for not responding to my email to come on the
8: show. Well, okay. I can do that for sure. But I'm going to plug something that he has a lot of involvement with. So it's... Oh, this is live, so so don't go out and tweeting about this yet, but but it's live, so, you know, they can't keep it secret forever. The uh, Nerves Project website looks a little nicer if you go to www.nerves-project.org. Justin... Uh, so I,
2: I have a, a complaint to register. My connection might not be private.
8: Oh, go to... Yeah, yeah. There are some bugs. That's why they, they probably told me not to... Not to publicize this too much. So, among all of us, if we go, if you like go to www.nurseproject.org and, and take a look. Very... um, So, Justin works at very... Um, the consultancy now. Um, Him and his and others that you work with have just done a beautiful job at updating the website. And there are a few things that we're going to add, you know, in the coming weeks. Like, Justin super excited that they've uh, freshened up, you know, yeah, the project. The, the other program.
2: thing is they need to set up the HTTP... No WW nurse project goes to a 404 page. Nothing,
0: so
8: yeah, I think that <laughs> might be my problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Well, Frank, thank you so much for coming on the between Yeah. Thanks we for having me back on in season four to talk about system and application architecture. So, uh, you know, we'll reach yeah. out to you that shortly. I'm also going to sign off here so that a few more guests can join. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Elixir, Wizards and Outlaws, Chapter 2 on the between Thanks a lot, Frank. See you later. Right. See you. This has been Part 1 of the Elixir Wizards between We will be back at you in a couple of days with Part 2 of the between If you've enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. And also, if you are so inclined, please follow us on Twitter. I am on Twitter at Justice Epen. Eric is on Twitter at Eric Ostrich. Elixir Wizards is a Smart Logic podcast. Here at Smart Logic, we are always looking to take on new projects building web applications in Elixir, Rails, React, infrastructure projects using Kubernetes, and mobile apps using React Native. We'd love to hear from you if you have a project we could help you with. And join us next time for part two of the Elixir Wizards Between a Ode.